The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. These are our goals at Heart Health Radio. Dave Alexander, Dr. Franklin Weefault. Yeah, there are goals, and they are important goals, because I think we're bombarded with information now on the Internet, on Mm -hmm. Facebook, and what we're trying to do is get you, the listener and the reader, Mm -hmm. to be able to say, wait a minute, here's the possible problems with that piece of information, and the more you know, the better off you are. I'm getting tons of things on Facebook, and I mentioned them to my wife, and she says, no, I don't, I don't get that at all. Wow. There are ads for cancer studies or lawyers' offices relating to the Roundup thing. Wow. The, and, and I get them, I don't know, I, when I'm scrolling through, I see five. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe the Roundup thing. We had to do that on a show once. Okay. All right. Roundup. Right, we'll do it. What we do have planned, number one, is your phone calls at 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. We're going to talk about a bad hospital survey, an Alzheimer's study, and an osteoarthritis treatment that works on dogs. Woo. <laughs> and, and and if it works on dogs, it might work on people. But I'm just happy that it's going to work on dogs because yeah, you and I both you own know, big dogs. Dogs are man's and woman's yeah. best friend. Yep. And so I think it's exciting, not just for dogs. Yeah. Because the inflammatory pathways are the same. So we hope. So we hope if it works on dogs, it'll work. And you're talking about something that you we've talked about before: anti-inflammation. Right. Inflammation is key. If you see an article about inflammation, yeah. read it. Okay. Fred in Fuquay, Verena, thank you very much for joining us on Heart Health. A few weeks ago, he recommended turmeric for inflammation, and I was just wondering how much and how often. Turmeric's for, oh, turmeric. 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 It's okay. not a medicine, it's right. a supplement. It's a spice. Yeah. You know how spices got to be big in the world? Uh, rancid meat. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you couldn't store it. There was no refrigerator. So it was rancid. You poured turmeric on it. Now, turmeric comes from the east, um, some part of Asia, and it's a yellow um, spice. And what it does is decrease the levels of these things called leukotrienes. Now, there may be some more things, but these are exchange signals between immune cells and the immune cells are good inflammation is good but the problem is and this may come from the neanderthals we'll talk about that later but you know we're mixed up with those ancient humanoids yeah and it it causes there to be too much of these chemicals and they recruit all sorts of of bad um actors who tear up our body so turmeric has been shown to reduce the risk of inflammation reduce the amounts of inflammation and that's been studied scientifically so if you hear me say something is good there's scientific evidence now what do you do 
There is a combination of turmeric and ginger. Apparently, that's the best one. And you can get that anywhere. Walmart, Wally World, you can get it at any pharmacy. Turmeric and ginger, and they recommend two capsules once a day. And there's no negative side effects. I mean, you can't find one. Okay. So I take... take too much? Pardon? Would it be possible to take too much? Because I'm taking it three or four times a day. And no, I don't think it can hurt you. Um, I don't know. You might. I, I, I think you can take it two or three times a day. I'm just saying that when I saw the study, it said two of those capsules once a day. So, and let me tell you, it could be a placebo effect. But do you have do you have chronic pain like in your back or your knee? I, I do. I, I've got two eight inch rods and seventeen screws. Yeah. Well, I can I tell you, it may arthritis it, below the yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm interrupting you. I get so excited about this topic. I have two 8-inch rods and 17 screws in my back, and I have arthritis below the fusion. Yeah, it's bad. I've been taking the turmeric uh, every two hours, and that's about all it lasts. It really helps, but it only lasts for two hours. Yeah, let me tell you what may be better for you to do instead of taking one every couple of hours is to take two or three every four hours. There's a, something called a threshold, okay? So you may be getting um, a level in your bloodstream, and I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know what we call the half-life, which is how long it takes your body to eliminate half of the drug, but it's a threshold to hit it. So what I might do, instead of taking one frequently, is take two or three less frequently, because what will happen is it will get into your system at a high level, and then it'll help extinguish the inflammation, and then it'll take time for the inflammation to come back. Now, I, I don't know how that's going to work in you, but that's my suggestion. Um, and I can say this because it's not a medicine, okay? So I'm not giving him advice about medicines. I'm giving him advice about a supplement mm-hmm. and really a spice, okay? Turmeric is a spice. So my recommendation, if it's helping a little and you're doing one frequently, Try taking two or three less frequently and see if that helps you. Now, this may be a placebo effect, but I used to have no, to take, no, yeah, no, well, no, for me. I was very skeptical of it when I heard you say Oh, I was extremely skeptical, but I took it, and, and I'm up on my feet all day running around from patient to patient. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I forget to take my Advil at four o'clock in the afternoon because I don't need it. I don't have the discomfort. Now, a lot of these, you know, scientists will say that's a placebo effect. You know, so what? It works, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, I don't have pain. So whether it's my brain telling me you're not going to have pain, or it's the inflammation saying you're not going to have pain, it doesn't matter. I don't have pain. Is anybody? Uh, I mean, between you and Fred, do you know what turmeric tastes like? I mean, could no, we and I am not it on going to. stuff? No, take the capsule. Take the capsule. All right, Fred. So tell you what, here's what I want you to try is take three um, every four hours. I'll do that. Or every okay. six hours. And call us back next week and let us know how my little experiment turned out. Right. I'll try. I'll try. I don't know what will be happening next week. Fred, you're, you're now a part of a longitudinal study right. on turmeric and ginger. And also throw in some milk thistle. Because milk thistle. I, I, I bought all of that when you, right. when you mentioned did. it a few weeks ago. Give it a hoot. Uh, I was skeptical, and I tried it for a few days, and, and it went away. My pain went away, and then I stopped, and it came back. Yeah. So I did that three or four So times, listen, that I, is, that is actually, that's a good study, okay? Mm-hmm. Because 
you know, I have patients all the time say, this medicine's making me sick. Yeah. So what you do is you have an interrupted period. You say, take it, then stop it, and then take it again. Mm-hmm. And you did, listen, are you a scientist? Who, me? Yeah. No, I'm a mechanic. You're a what? He's a mechanic. mechanic. Well, that's a sign. Let me tell you something. Okay. There is no difference between what I do and what you do. Okay. You, you, right? Somebody comes in and says, there's something wrong. And you ask questions. You listen to see what the situation is. You make a diagnosis based on what it could be. So I think you and I do the same thing. (laughs) Fred, Fred, there is one difference. Yeah, when how much he makes and how much I make. Well, there is that. Okay, two differences. <laughs> the other one is when Fred shrugs and says, I don't know, could be the could be the muffler bearings. Could be the... Well, you know, yeah, I'm but, not a car mechanic. Oh, you're not. Oh, what kind of mechanic? Robotics. Oh, well, oh, listen, okay. that's well, the same thing, right? He's a scientist. Well, look, the robot is a mechanical <laughs> human or, you know, and you got to diagnose it. And so there's a bunch of things that could be, and you do some tests to see what it is, and then you fix it. The difference I'm glad, is... I'm glad I heard about the turmeric from you, uh, because I was taking too much ibuprofen. Uh, yeah, and, that's bad. Ulcers. Well, stop that altogether. Great. Great. Well, call us back next week Thank with you. our little experiment. You've already done it to prove that it does help. Let's see if taking more, less frequently, helps you. Thank you, Fred. I appreciate you calling. Have this a great is, day. This is Heart Health on the Heart Health Radio Network. Let me just tell you that we're not selling you capsules of of turmeric and ginger and milk thistle. Yeah, we go we go broke. We would no. I what I'm telling you is that there's so much talk radio on radio stations across the country where in fact we'd set up our buddy oh, Ralph. Wait a minute. I only do up. this. I only do this for one reason. What? I'm trying to get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good luck. Yeah, radio radio is absolutely the, the number one way to get a girlfriend. I'm joking, people out there. <laughs> okay. If the medical board is listening, I'm joking. But here's the thing. There are so many shows where they've got a magic cure for everything. Yeah. Whatever you've got going wrong with you. Hey, come on. The magic you cure. You take this no, stuff. There's a magic hey, cure. And let me just say. She'll notice the difference, too. <laughs> they always had that. Yeah. Even if it's not anything related to... Well, there's some magic to this show. It's called <laughs> David Alexander and Franklin Weefald, and, and we're, we're, we're soothing your anxieties yes. about your health. Yes, we are. We're going we're gonna to talk about that study on our, uh, osteoarthritis. Uh, they've got a new treatment that works on dogs, yeah. and it could work on you. We might get into global warming. We are definitely going to talk about low-carb nuts. No other show is going to talk about low-carb nuts Well, you got two weekend. nuts right here, right? And the opioid crisis. Yes, it's causing people to die, but it's not. What necess- you think? Yeah, it's not what you think. Call us, 919-860-9783. Listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or at WPTF.com. Find something in the news that is so wrong that 
it can only be fake, not just incorrect. It's it's fake. And, and dangerous. And dangerous. Yes. Dr. Franklin Weefald and Dave Alexander here to talk about fake news. What's the, uh, what's the news well, on I'll the millennials? I'll do an introduction. Did you see that story from New Zealand? This woman, who's a millennial, yeah. I guess the millennials think that us baby boomers, and we're baby boomers, yeah, yeah. are out of it, out of touch. So she, she said one, two words. What? Some baby boomer was disagreeing with her concept of politics. She said, okay, boomer. And that's really? like oh. a study. I mean, not a study. That's like a saying now that the millennials use to dismiss us baby boomers. Well, okay, millennial. Yeah. According to Blue Cross Blue Shield, you're going to die. Okay. <laughs> so what it says. We all are going to die. No, I'm, they're saying they're going to die young. Really? Okay, millennial. Yeah. Wise up. Now, here's the thing about this is what did they do? They went through 140,000 millennials and saw what medicines they take mm-hmm. and the diagnoses that they have, and they made some sort of computerized projection to say the millennials are going to die more than the Gen Xers or the boomers. Now, let me just tell you this. This is what they said. Compared to the Gen X and boomer generation, the millennials between the ages of 30 and 39 are therefore, when they get to that age... Mm-hmm going to die. Accidental overdose, suicide, and homicide. The headline really is millennials will get sick and die faster than the previous generations. Now, just remember, if you're a millennial, stop worrying, okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay, If you don't use heroin and fentanyl, Mm -hmm. you're not going to die of an accidental overdose. Okay. Now, suicide is a really serious problem, and I do not have all the information to tell me whether the millennials are more depressed or more suicidal. But if they are, mm-hmm. I think we can possibly say it's because of stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Getting people to worry about their health when they don't need to worry about their health. And I will say this. The millennials are really in tune to physical activity and exercise. Right. So... And this is what the article said. Maybe they won't die from boring old things like heart disease and cancer. What's boring about heart disease and cancer? It's exciting when you're doing it. Right. So they're exercising more, which helps mental health. Yeah. It releases these natural opiates called endorphins. Uh And you can't overdose on the natural opiates. Okay. So all you millennials out there, when you're thinking about, okay, boomer. Yeah. We're supposedly going to not overdose, not kill ourselves, and not kill each other. Yeah. So please don't worry about this. Mm-hmm. You're already anxious enough. Yeah. You know? And I think that millennials are going to live longer than us, honestly. Uh, because probably they're 200, eating, sure. They're eating no-no. They're eating the no-no diet. Yeah. They are exercising. Yeah. Um, and, and the only thing we got to do is get them to stop worrying about articles like this. Mm-hmm. Because I love millennials. My kids are millennials. Yeah, so it's am a great, I, sure. It's a great generation. Yes. Okay? And so, don't worry about dying. Do not use drugs. I'm talking about heroin and fentanyl. Sure. If you're depressed, and, and I think they're much more likely than our Because remember, in our generation, seeking mental health you know, um, professionals yeah. was not a good thing to do. 
But with millennials, I think the ice is breaking and they don't worry about seeing a mental health professional. Something else in the news about heartburn medication yeah. being poisonous. Yeah. Okay. So what they did, uh, they looked at 150,000 people and they said, if you are taking a PPI, which is a meprazole or Prevacid, those types of medicines, they work by by inhibiting a proton pump, and protons are hydrochloric acid. That's the H mm-hmm. in the HCL. That you, if you took them, you were much more likely to get kidney problems. Now, here's the problem with this study: if you have to take a long-term PPI, it means you got a health problem. Okay. Yeah. You can either have recurrent ulcers. You can have what's called a Barrett's esophagus from as- gastro- gastroesophageal reflux. The stomach was built to be resistant to acid because it's producing the acid. Right. The esophagus isn't. So we have people with obesity, especially, mm-hmm. who whose stomach sort of just squirt out the acid onto their esophagus. So if you have this problem where you need to take a PPI. You're, may, you may be more at risk for developing kidney problems because of your overall health problems. Mm-hmm. So using a PPI doesn't mean the PPI is causing kidney failure. Think about it. They, it might be what we call a fellow traveler. The right. need to use a PPI on an ongoing basis right. may predispose you to kidney problems. So the lesson for patients out there and listeners out there, if your doctor has you on a PPI, don't stop it because you think he's killing you by giving you kidney disease. Right. That's the fake news part of this story. So remember, unless they try 5,000 people with no PPI, mm-hmm. 5,000 people with a PPI, omeprazole um, and Prevacid, and then follow them for 10 years, and see if the no PPI group doesn't get kidney disease and the PPI group does. It's the only way to know if the PPIs cause kidney problems. I went to a doctor this week and I You're was You're always handed, going to doctors. No, no, no. This is the first time I've gone to these people in a, in a while. I went to my – yeah, about a month ago I, or – Three weeks well, ago, actually, I saw you're my, doing a good thing because no, no. You're, you're monitoring your, your condition. I, I went to my – three weeks ago, I felt punky, and I went into the doctor. I actually had to take a sick day, so I figured I'd visit the doctor. Might as well. All right. I also, somewhere along the line, had some foot pain, and I fell and bruised my ribs. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't – I didn't have major problems. You went to a rib doctor. I went to a rib doctor. That's how specialized we are there. Yes. Wait, was it the right side of the ribs or the left side? They had different ones. Right. I went down the hallway and I turned right. Okay. And it was the right side of the... All right. Mm -hmm. I was handed a tablet and they already knew all of my medicines. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to tell you the number, but it's a big number, bigger than 10. I take more than you. Okay. But the point is, I looked at this and said, number one, how'd they know all this? Well, it was a, you know, it's a Electronic branch of my... Electronic right. medical record. Okay. That's the good part of it. Okay. That is the good part of it. The second part was, holy mackerel, I'm on that many medicines? Boing. You, you realize how many of those medicines would follow into this survey? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because I take a medicine to adjust my sugar. Right. Well, you know something, that fellow who 
takes a medicine to adjust his sugar level in his blood. He's going to be at higher risk for kidney problems. He's right. He's going to have. Yeah. He's going to have uh, higher risk for. There, it's called a problems. fellow traveler. So, okay. in other words, your condition requires you to not requires, but if yeah. you, you do better on a medicine, and you have a higher risk of kidney problems, that doesn't mean the medicine you're taking right. causes the kidney problem. Right. It's a fellow traveler. Just remember, also, does anybody remember the Mir space station? In the 1980s, yeah, the, the, the Soviets, right, the Russians put this up and it was falling apart. But they, I mean, major problems every week. And we'd have American astronauts on there and a major problem. The Russians came out and said, the Mir space station is not falling apart. It is only breaking one piece at a time, mm-hmm. which is essentially what my doctor told me this week. Yeah. That I don't have, I'm not falling apart. There's just individual systems that are either shutting down or not working properly. Well, they're not shutting down. No, they're not shutting down. This guy, if you could see Dave right now, he Um, looks happy happy. and healthy. Yep. And this is why. He's taking care of his medical condition. I I, I am. And, and, you know, is it his fault that he has these things? No. That's one thing I disagree with the millennials. Yeah. The millennials think if you're sick, it's your fault. And they've been... They've been brainwashed into thinking that if you run enough, you won't get breast cancer. You may reduce the risk of it, but if you have a genetic predisposition, you may delay the onset of it. Oh. But don't blame yourself if you're if you have health problems. Right. Okay. I don't know how I got bursitis, but I got it in my shoulder now. Oh, I know why. What? Because you flail your arms when we're on the radio. If you can see him too, his arms go up. I mean, he pushing. is he is using pushing. hand techniques to push to one. express himself. I push one button. It's the microphone button. I push cut it me on, off. I push it off. That's it. Cut me off. 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Call or we'll talk about my medical conditions the rest of the show. No. Low-carb low nuts. What are my low-carb nuts? There's Those are the article. guys who are professing low-carb diets. They're nuts. They're nuts. No, they're not nuts. Okay. Yeah. So th- there was an article on... Do you, do you endorse yeah, this I love idea? It. I love okay. it. Okay, so what they're talking about is keto. And if you if you really listen to us and we talk about the no-no diet, and yeah. I'll go over it again. It's white flour products, sugar, okay. To stay away from. Yeah, white gonna, potatoes. Right. Okay, and white rice. Can you tell um, he's stalling because he has no idea where the article is? That's okay. I can find it. Anyway, the, they talk about nuts. And it's not that it's us that are nuts because we profess the no-no diet. It's the nuts that are good for you. I stole the article before I talked. And they talk about in this article almonds. Peanuts. uh, I didn't see peanuts on there. Okay, let's talk about what they are. Pecans. Pecans, okay. We're a big one. And the nice thing about this article, and you'll be able to find it on our website. You'll be able to click on it. Yep. They talk about how many grams of fat. And how many grams of carbs? I only want you to to look at particularly the grams of carbs because it's the carbs that will get you. And these are actually not bad carbs. These are not the carbs that we talk about, which are white flour, sugar, mm-hmm. white potato carbs, and white rice carbs. All right, we're going to go through the list. Yeah, we'll go through it. We gotta, uh, uh, all yeah. the nuts that are okay. The opioid crisis is a major problem. Addiction is a major problem, 
but pain is also a major problem, and the details on that coming up next on Heart Health. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM680 WPTF. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to Heart Health Radio and participating. Our number is 919-860-9783. And Margaret, you're on the line with Dr. Weefold. Hey. Good afternoon. Hey, Margaret. How are you? Fine. I have something that is very unusual, and I think a lot of people don't realize that it's, it can be have symptoms, and they they go unnoticed for a while until it's too late. Yeah. And that's, it's an autoimmune, and it's called giant cell temporal arteritis. Yeah, arteritis. It's uh, GCA. And you are lucky because I did my medical school training and medical residency at Johns Hopkins, and it is one of the biggest places where they've studied and treated giant cell arteritis. And they call it temporal arteritis, too, because it starts out, for some people, as what we call bitemporal headaches. So the temporal part of your head hurts like the dickens. Is that what happened to you? Well, I was kind of lucky because I self-diagnosed myself because my sister had it, and she was, they thought she was going to die, and she was living up in the the valley, Shenandoah Valley, and she went to John Hopkins, Mm -hmm. and they would not let her out of the building to put her on prednisone. Right. So, did she get a body? Yeah, did she get biopsied on her temporal arteries? Do you remember that? She did, but I never did because I I knew what, because our symptoms were mirrored to others. Tell us your symptoms. Tell us your symptoms. Tell me, tell me your, tell us your symptoms. What were they that made you come up with that diagnosis? Uh, I felt like I had a, a locked jaw, a tightening of the jaw. Mm-hmm. I had some back, back of my head. I felt like I had a crick in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. I had a, a thing, I had these things that felt like noodles on either side of my temporal. Yeah. And when I brushed my hair, it hurt. Yeah, that was classic. And Classic and, it, and there was uh, there was some one or two others, but I don't remember them. Right. But I was taking like Advil, and it would clear those things up. But right. uh, lo and behold, if I didn't tell my sister about it and she tell me what she had, I could have gone blind or died from it. Right. Well, um, autoimmune diseases are prevalent. Giant cell arteritis is relatively rare. I would say I've made four diagnoses in my medical career. Throbbing headaches in the temporal region and you can actually push on there's an artery right there there's two on each side the temporal arteries and they get attacked yeah they get attacked by immune cells and so immune autoimmunity is bad immunity is good we don't know why some people attack their own parts of their body but in giant cell arteritis you attack these arteries and the reason why they call it giant cell arteritis dave you have any idea Big cells? Yeah. So what they did, they take a biopsy of the temporal artery. You can live without a temporal artery. The blood flows from somewhere else. Okay. And they look at it under the microscope, and there are these giant immune cells. And prednisone works. The problem is some people have to take prednisone a lot, and there are a lot of side effects from over you know, overusage of prednisone. Just yeah, weak had- bones. You get puffy cheeks. Really? John F. Kennedy. 
Okay, remember how he used yeah, to be yes. a really skinny dude? Yeah. He had Addison's syndrome, not disease. Addison's disease is uh, tuberculosis of the adrenal glands. He had an autoimmune disease. Yes. His own uh, immune cells killed his adrenals. So what did he do? He had to take replacements, and he got really big cheeks, and he gained weight. Right. So are you on prednisone now? Um, yes, I'll be on it for the rest of my life. And how much? And What's the 74. dose? What's your right dose? Right now, I'm at four milligrams, but I'm trying to uh, take intermittent three milligrams yeah. a day. Okay, so low dose is good. Um, but you I've need been to doing get it for years already. Yeah. Have you had your bones checked, the, the bone density? Uh, I I've had that done, too, because I'm also under the care of a heart doctor because I've had two valves replaced. And the when you go to a rheumatologist, they check everything. Anyway. Right, right. Good doctors know what they're doing. Now, another thing that goes along with giant cell arteritis is something called polymyalgia rheumatica, where your thighs get weak. And the nerves and the muscles in the thighs can sometimes, in GCA, um, be attacked as well. And prednisone is the treatment of choice for that. Now, again, Unfortunately, there's no other thing. Right. Right. They've tried multiple. Yeah, they've tried multiple drugs. Now, there, there is hope. They are developing these things called monoclonal antibodies. These are injectable under the skin proteins that are directed at the exact chemical or the exact protein that leads to the autoimmunity. And they've got these things for rheumatoid arthritis. We talked before about the ones, uh, it was last week or the week before, we talked about the psoriasis one, Mm -hmm. Sky Breezy. They are now at Johns Hopkins working on one against a type of inflammatory signaler that seems to be in giant cell arteritis. So hang on to your hat because there may be in the future uh, a medicine you can take once a month and, and wean yourself off the prednisone. Now, did they tell you how important... My heart doctor eventually wants to do replace another valve, and he really doesn't like the idea that I'm taking prednisone. Because well, but you can't go without it. I know it. Yeah. I know it. But so in the future, they may have one. Now, did they tell you never to just quit it suddenly, right? The prednisone. Because what will happen is... I have a flare-up. Yeah, you'll have an adrenal crisis. So the prednisone is is something that makes your adrenal gland not produce as much natural cortisol. Mm -hmm. And so if you're on it long-term, you can't suddenly stop it. And that's a big problem. I know. Well, Well, how's your head? Are you feeling better in your head? Huh? Are you feeling better in your head? Oh, yeah, yeah. It cleared it up right away, but certainly the doctor didn't like me diagnosing myself. Well, I don't mind that as long as you don't self-act upon it. In other words, if you just grabbed your sister's prednisone and started gobbling it, I wouldn't have liked that. But I would have liked the fact that you came up with your diagnosis. I would not have been intimidated. See, that's what it is about doctors. They think they're the only ones who come up with something. I yeah, learned from my me, yeah, I learned from my patients every day. Prednisone. Yeah. They didn't want to give me prednisone. So then they gave me one of those little kits where you take it and taper down for a week. I said, no, that's not It's not going to work for GCA. Here's what you do in that situation, if your doctor won't listen to you, go get another doctor. There's no reason why you can't. And don't feel like you ha- you don't want to hurt the doctor's feelings. It's your life. Get another doctor. Get another doctor. Or at least but get a second what? opinion. If you have giant cell, you need to be with a rheumatologist. Right. 
And I couldn't or, decide before I got with yeah, the dermatologist. If you, if you hear what we talk about, my credentials, I am an internal medicine specialist. And that means that I spent three years at Johns Hopkins learning everything about the entire body. And if you have a good internal medicine specialist, he can, he or she can do the job. There may be some situations where he or she has to refer you to a rheumatologist. But GCA is easy to treat, and a good internal medicine specialist can do it. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, doing, well, I'm doing well on it, and I am just re- know that I'd be taking it the rest of my life, either well, three or four, but I'm, I'm not going to try to get down low because I do not want to have a relapse, which... Right. Make it could make it even worse. Right, and they, there is a concern. There is less uh, effective wound healing. So if you have this on prednisone, if you have mm-hmm. this surgery, it's going to be more tricky. But listen, I am so glad you're doing better. Call us back anytime and give us an update on your heart valves, especially. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you. This is Heart Health Radio. Telephone number nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. And uh, in Do we our... have time to go over the nut list? Yeah, Real go to, go to right, the so nut list. These are the nuts. Write them down. Pecans, yeah. Brazil nuts, these macadamia nuts, yeah. walnuts, yeah. almonds, hazelnuts, cashews. Now, peanuts are number eight. Yeah. They do have a little bit more of the bad carbs. They have sugars. Okay. So I think I love cashews. I yeah. love cashews. But pecans, Brazil nuts macadamia nuts, walnuts, almonds. They're the ones on the top of the list. And pine nuts are there. And we've Forget never, about it. We've never even come across that. I ain't eating those things. I'm going to get a bag and, of pine nuts. And the other thing it. is pumpkin seeds? No way. That's on the list. Have you, you ever say, eaten a pumpkin yes, seed? Yes, I have. Why? Great. Once a year. That's it. No way. Just just once a year. You take no it out way. of the pumpkin. You. All right. We've all been to restaurants where we've seen their 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 cleanliness survey, right? Go up to 100. I can't imagine what happened in the hospital, the several hospitals, when this survey came out. We're going to use some audio from WCNC television. Here is Felicia Bolton. Duke University Hospital, Rex Hospital, UNC Hospitals, and Cape Fear Valley Medical Center all received an A, but Wake Med and Raleigh received a C. Leapfrog study is only focused on patient safety, focused on preventable errors, accidents, injuries, and also... You do not want to see. It's you, bad. You uh, it's not. bad publicity, absolutely. All right. Uh, disclaimer. Okay, yeah. full disclosure. Um, I I send my patients almost exclusively to Wake Med. Okay, I was on the Wake Med uh, attending physician uh, program. I practiced there for about fifteen twenty years, and I love Wake Med. Uh, so full disclosure, um, but I'm going to try objectively to get people to understand what this means. Okay, and so. Uh, Rec, there's good hospitals, Duke, Rex, UNC, Cape Fear Valley, excellent hospital. Yeah. They looked at some specific things um, to talk about patient safety. And Wake Med did not do well 
when it came to what we call MRSA infections. Those are um, uh, a staph aureus that is resistant to a common antibiotic. They're more difficult to treat. So what does that mean? That means when they did their MRSA surveys, uh, they had more people getting MRSA infections. Um, there are some things that were more con- disconcerting to me, and that was dangerous objects left in the patient's body. That should never happen. Not once. No. Because whenever I would do a pacemaker, there was something called a count. And you would say that the instrument and and these packings that we use, those yeah. counts had to be correct. So if there was even one thing left in the body, uh, that's bad. This um, is, that's this really is, bad. This is not like MASH. I mean, in a surgical setting, you're accounting for each piece of gauze? Yeah, we gauze? had to count them out. We had to count them out. Here's the packings, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I, but I, what yeah. I'd like to know is yeah. the percentages, okay? Was wake med 1% worse? Now, yeah. it's probably not because they got a C as <sighs> opposed to an A. Okay. The other thing was a surgical wound split open, uh, a dangerous blood clot. And I tell you, here's what wake med said. WakeMed said that they are um, continuing to build upon their improvements. Mm-hmm. And what they're going to do is focus on eliminating these things. Um, but I'm going to tell you this. Um, I still will send the majority of my patients to WakeMed. Why? Because of the overall patient experience. Now, have I had any people come back with these serious things? I had one patient come back with a Clostridium difficile diarrhea but then again, it doesn't seem to me, and this is anecdotal, that they have more of them in other hospitals. Mm-hmm. Now, the great thing about weight med is that if you look at their patient satisfaction surveys, they're mm-hmm. excellent. And I always ask my patient, did they treat you well? Were they, were they pleasant? Did they do a good job? And you know, what do I send my patients for? Stents, bypass surgery, mm-hmm. heart valve replacements, defibrillators. And you know, they do well. I probably sent, in the last month, 10 to 15, no complications. Now, that does not mean, and this is, you know, we've talked about fake news. You can't use this anecdotal thing to say that weight med is the best. I will say this, though. I know the people there. I know the doctors. I know the nurses. They do a wonderful job. Now, there is a hospital in the system um, that, the UNC hospital system, and I'm not going to name the hospital. It wouldn't be fair, Mm -hmm. but I won't use it. And why is that? Because I've had patients fall and crack their skull. They haven't been attended to, and they've died. So quite frankly, I don't see how that hospital could have made the A list unless maybe it wasn't even talked about. Mm -hmm. That happens sometimes. Well, hospitals will hide their mistakes. So don't Use this own one particular survey to make a decision about which hospital you're going to go to. Trust your doctor. He or she knows who the doctors are at the hospitals you're going to go to. Um, yes, would I like to see Wake Med get a better grade? Absolutely. Do I think they will get a better grade? Yeah. Yes, I do. The nice thing about Wake Med, they have one nurse for four patients. Mm. That's good. This other hospital that's part of the UNC program has one nurse for eight patients. Can I I ask? Pardon? Can I ask at admission, 
Or before yes. I'm admitted? Yes. I want to know how many nurses. But also ask your doctor where they're going to send you. Now, do I do have I have some of my patients go to this one hospital? Yes. Yeah. Have all of them done well? No. Hmm. Um, I would say that my anecdotal experience is that Wake Med is a great hospital. And I would like people to not use this and say it's the only reason yeah. why they won't go. All right. Get better. Stay healthy. Spot medical misinformation by listening to the show every Saturday at noon right here on this frequency. We are the number one health-related program on this radio station <laughs> at this time every Saturday. I make you this promise. We'll always be that. Linda is on the line. Linda, will get to you in just a moment. Also, a couple of shout-outs in our last segment of the program. This is Heart Health Radio. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout, come on now, forget to see If you missed this show, if you didn't hear the other parts of this show, please listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or go to WPTF.com, then click on Podcasts and you'll, you'll be right there. Or go to HeartHealthRadio.com. The shout-out today, the, the, I've got one. Go. Ortho NC, they do all my footwork. Uh, Edgar Correa is the, the doctor I see. Uh, Jeanette is his nurse. They squeezed me in. I had it, you know, a 24-hour. they squeeze hour. you too? They well, they yeah, they squeezed my feet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They made made sure that my my feet were good. Remember the story we had about if doctors are confident in a course of study, right? Then the patient feels better and gets better they faster. Do. And, and, and yeah. Doctor Correa, before I saw Doctor Correa, I thought it was the wheels were falling off me. My feet hurt, et cetera, et cetera. Ran some X rays, looked at my feet. He said, "No, you're good." And I and I felt better. And you started taking turmeric, ginger, and I was taking thistle. yes, I, I happened to be taking an anti-inflammatory for my other injuries. Right. So I feel better anyway. Yeah. But it's good to feel hey. that you can get in, see somebody, and yeah. they can eliminate your fear. If you have a doctor who's not confident, mm-hmm. it's going to make you feel not confident. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, when I put a pacemaker in. Do yeah. I tell them that there's a I, – I would say, look, the chance you're going to have problems is very low. Yeah. And if you give them these numbers, it's bad. Now, I'm going to shout out my doctor, yeah. Renee Watson. Yeah. She is a family physician, a general practitioner yeah. in Smithfield, North Carolina. She, I give her my full faith and confidence. She's treated several of my conditions very well, and she's old-fashioned like me. She Good. walks into the room. She has a pencil and paper. She looks you in the eye. She has facial expressions that show concern, <laughs> happiness, you Good. know, and, and she's inspiring to me. Good. Renee Watson, Johnson Family Care. Linda in Raleigh, welcome to Heart Health Radio. Uh, yes, please. Hi there. I'd like to know what the doctor thinks of the new wireless pacemaker, and if you currently have a wired pacemaker, yeah. can, is it possible to switch yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. There's a there's a new type of pacemaker that is. It looks like a little tiny cigarette lighter, and they implant it into the right side of your heart. It just sticks in the heart. Um, 
it's a great thing. I think it's going to be a wave of the future. But let me ask you one question. Have you had trouble with your pacemaker? No. Good. Now, let me tell you what I would recommend that you talk to your doctor about. Is that if you haven't had trouble with it, and the batteries now can last 10 or 12 years, my recommendation in terms of talking to your doctor would be, do you really need to switch? Um, the nice thing about these little these little pacemakers that are implanted without the leads, we call them, L-E-A-D-S, they're the wires, but I don't like to use the term wire because that might think you could like have a sharp thing poking into your heart. These are like as soft as spaghetti. Mm-hmm. But um, what they do is they go up your right leg or they go in your neck and they find a way to secure this into the right side of the heart. They don't have them, though, at least, and I may be wrong, callers that know this because I'm talking off the top of my head, they only have them pace the one bottom part of the heart instead of both together. So uh, how many times have you had to have the battery checked, ma'am? Oh, I'm just due to have one uh, in about two years. Okay, how long have you had it? I've had it about eight years Yeah. So the, the, when they change out the pacemaker, they don't have to do much in terms of the surgery this time. What they'll do is they'll cover you up. They'll, they'll you know, sterilize your skin. They'll just make an incision with local anesthesia. They take out the device. They unscrew the old wires or leads, and then they screw them into the new pacemaker. It's an all-in-one. It's got the computer mm-hmm. and the lithium-ion battery all-in-one. They're smaller now. They tuck it inside your skin. They sew you up. You go home in about an hour. Mm. So the procedure for you in terms of replacing the device is going to be much, much less invasive and time-consuming than to put one of these newfangled things in. So what I always say is if it's working and you're, you know, old-fashioned pacemaker, which is actually very high-tech, is working, then you might talk to your doctor and ask him or her, is it really worth changing systems when I can replace the device so easily. Okay, so they don't just replace the battery. They yeah, the and so if you yeah if you look at it, it's now it used, these things used to be the size of hockey pucks. Yeah, and now they're basically the size of two John F. Kennedy dollars put together on top of each other, and wow. it's amazing. So the the computer and all the circuitry and and the system to listen to your heart and know when it's beating on its own and the battery are all in one. And so you don't have to do much. I think what Linda's asking is if she doesn't go for the latest, yeah, but she just in two years, she's scheduled for right. A replacement replacement. Are they going to replace the entire device? The wires will stay the same because apparently they're not, but they will, but the rest of the device, they right. It's all in one. It's an all in one. Okay, great. I hope I helped you. Okay, do you know if the newer ones allow you to have an MRI? Well, let me mm-hmm. tell you something. This is a, this is exciting. The newer ones are MRI safe, and, and that means you also have to have the newer wires. But guess what? Mm-hmm. Even if you have the old one, you can get an MRI. Really? Uh, UNC in Chapel Hill is up to date. They know that the quote-unquote old ones are still good for MRIs. So if you need an MRI, and tell your doctor to ask about going to UNC Chapel Hill, because they'll do it. This has been Heart Health.
The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.